So hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Lord, have mercy upon us and write both these laws in our heart. Show us your mercy, O Lord. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. Lord, keep this nation under your care. Let your way be known over all the earth. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. And create in us clean hearts, O God. You can be seated for a moment. I want to turn your attention briefly as we continue to journey in the season of Lent, the fourth Sunday of Lent. As we move now towards Easter, I want to draw your attention just briefly. I want to give you assurance and confidence that we're going to continue to explore all of this together. I believe this is going to be such a life-giving source to even our church, but to churches all around. One of my dreams with the Lord's Table service is actually to unite all the churches in Cloverdale around the Lord's Table that we'd figure out a time that all the churches could come together. In the earliest of times, that was the whole point, is you would, have, you would have a central location for them to gather, and then all of the deacons and the other priests would go and scatter into the far reaches for those that couldn't make it to one central place. And I'm not calling our church center. I'm saying that there'd be, it would be amazing if we could gather if the pastors and leaders and ministry leaders, those that are, have stepped out into their call, could gather around the broken body and shed blood of Christ, declaring His unity, and then scattering into the surrounding congregations that they would minister from that place. And even that we would share the same consecrated bread and consecrated wine. Share the same oil. I don't know if it's too big of a dream, but God continues to perk it up in hearts I don't get why not I don't get why not because it's not the Lord's table is about his table it's not about one person showing how amazing he is or she is it's about the Lord and I feel like there's some kind of vacuum thing that we need to puncture through and maybe it's the vacuum of our own judgments for whatever reason we tend to if you go deep enough in your heart even this morning we tend to not want people to excel because they don't know how much we've struggled. We don't celebrate enough people doing well. We don't long for it, but we take subtle joy when things kind of don't go so well. Maybe they'll learn their lesson or maybe they won't. Or maybe I'll be better than them. There's 
room at the Lord's table. One of the first messages ever preached when I started to discover the beauty of the Lord's table is there's room at his table. And in his kingdom table, those that push to be first, those that want to be recognized the most, Jesus says he puts at the far end of the table. You ever thought about that being the Lord's table? What if that's the case? What if your greatest struggle and your greatest desire to be something significant? Because yes, God has called you to something significant. We believe that as a church. That's why we endorse the ministry of people more than the ministry of a building. We believe that as a church. But what if, what if your success was tied into you accelerating everybody else around you into their success? And what if on the other side of that was your conceived or perceived success? I feel like it's a vacuum. Something needs to be punctured. Something needs to be punctured. There's unity in Cloverdale to be had even more than there ever was before. There never used to be. But there's unity to be had. But the only way you can have unity is if you get enough people together that are secure with who they are in Christ. Otherwise, unity crumbles. You never have the father of the house, the father of the table, if you will, get insecure of his position, even if it looks like somebody else is sitting in his seat. I think it's important for you to understand. I don't know why I'm saying it today. I believe we need to pray that way and we need to discipline our heart. You don't need to wait till you feel like celebrating someone. You celebrate them even if it seems insincere because what seems insincere at one time becomes the only thing you know at another. Like even in the worst case scenarios of vegetables, what seemed insincere about eating Brussels sprouts, stinky foot vegetables, no matter how much you cover them with cheese, that flavor gets all the way through. But what seemed insincere as a child all of a sudden became the most sincere thing I do. When we have those meals, we eat that stinky foot vegetable. Remember, sincerity, you don't wait for feelings to catch up to your sincerity. You run towards whatever it is that you're called to run towards. Whether you feel like it or not, you wait till your feelings catch up. Wait till your feelings catch up. So I believe that we can puncture something. And here's how I think that we, we can puncture it today. It says in Luke 11, verse 1, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he, is, when he had finished... One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John has taught his disciples to pray. They noticed something about Jesus' prayer that was different and unique. And they're like, teach us to pray like that. Because an interesting fact is a lot of Jesus' disciples were John the Baptist's disciples at one time. They knew how to pray like John. If you look at the beginning part of the Gospels, James and John, they were all disciples, Andrew of John the Baptist. And so they're going, we know how to pray like John. We want to pray like you. There's something different about the way that you pray. And then Jesus begins here and Luke records it differently. 
Watch this and see if you notice anything different. Jesus says to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, without a Anybody seem like that was a little bit strange? Does it look like Luke is leaving some couple lines out? Missing the Our Father in heaven, right? Just jumps from Father, hallowed be your name. What else is he missing? Do you remember? The kingdom come is right there. Then, what's next? Can you put it back, Holly? Kingdom come, your is missing or is it I don't know if anyone's been bothered by that I don't know if I've ever taught it here before but but here's a reality that Jesus was as I've been studying these past weeks impressing on my heart and this is a sermon that I'm going to eventually preach to our 1030 service in the time of Lord willing but watch this here's something fun this is why study matters Luke is using a specific form of writing. And it's called a chiasm. It's actually like very common. Revelation is written in that way. That's why a lot of people miss the boat on Revelation. There's a lot that's written in something called a chiasm. And what a chiasm is, is you have first two chunks like this, second chunks like this, to lead you to the center. I just made an evil sign, sort of. No, I didn't. But I did. Almost. Hello. So you have the first and the last one, okay? They go together in a chiasm. You have the second one and the middle one there. The the second like up. So if you have seven, four is the four is the center. So the point is number four. Everybody get this? Okay? The point is four. So watch this. Watch what Jesus is doing through what Luke has recorded. See, Luke has spent time with his disciples. Where Matthew was recording probably what Jesus said, Luke has now spent time with his disciples. Luke was writing as a research assistant to Theophilus. It means lover of God. And he probably was a rich benefactor that wanted an orderly account of what took place in the Gospels, what took place in Jesus' early ministry, and then what took place in Jesus' latter ministry that extended to his apostles through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Luke and Acts are supposed to go together, and they're written to the same person. So Luke is actually bringing out the heartbeat of what Jesus was saying when he taught his disciples to pray. And he does it by using a Greek form of writing called the chiasm. And so listen to this. Listen to what Jesus is tying together for us because it'll break through in your prayers if you just kind of grab it. Father, hallowed be your name is tied directly to lead us not into temptation. And what are the greatest temptations that we struggle with? The enemy always comes after the name, character, and nature of God. Always. So what we get attacked in is, is God as good as he says he is? 
starting in Genesis to Revelation and continuing with us. What do we always doubt? Does God really love you? Has he really accepted you? Is he really for you? Well, how come that name of Jesus didn't work when you prayed for that person? How come you're struggling and in pain? Jesus goes, oh, and I just, I feel the pleasure of the Holy Spirit on this. Enter into it. Enter into it. Father, hallowed be your name. You're praying for his name to be made holy in your life, in your family's life, in your neighbor's life, in this church's life. And as his name is holy, we will understand how to overcome temptation because it always attacks the name and character and nature of God. And Jesus starts with, you want to know how I pray to my father? I never doubt his name. I will hallow his name above all else. I'm not going to start with, well, I need what I need. No, start with hallowing his name. I keep his name as holy. So then the next pair leading to the center is your kingdom come. And forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. You want to advance the kingdom? It's not prophecy alone. You want to enter into kingdom life? It isn't just raising the dead. You want to enter into kingdom life? It's not singing spontaneous songs alone. It's forgiving. You enter into the kingdom life when you begin to forgive because forgiveness is impossible without Christ it's not possible because something has to die and so this is this is a prayer you enter into forgiveness forgiveness is central to the awakening of the movement of the Holy Spirit and the bringing down of the kingdom of God because what we are doing when we forgive is we are not responding to the way things are we are responding to the way things were meant to be and Lord willing the way it will one day be early signs of the kingdom of God are not miraculous events alone But the greatest miracle of people going, I will not hold this against you. I will lay it at the feet of Christ for he is worthy. Forgiveness springs up and love begins to explode. And the kingdom of God is all about forgiveness. And every time you partner with forgiveness and you lay aside bitterness, you are seeing kingdom of God happening now. In our very midst. That's why we take time to pray and release and forgive. And that's why Jesus says, oh, you forgive as you are forgiving. It's this whole, you're forgiven as you are forgiving. It's this constant movement towards the love of Christ. And it's so tied to what we let go. So that we open our hands to receive what he has for us. And so what's the center of the prayer? Give us each day our daily bread. Do you see what? And this is recent study for me. This just broke me this week. Do you see? Because we all have this natural tendency to pray for what we need. And guess what? That feeling is not wrong, but it's going about it the wrong way. 
See, guess what? Jesus shows the greatest desire of the Father is for your needs. Like, can I even say that? The greatest desire, the center of prayer is the provision God will have for you. But make no mistake, it's a progression to get there. Do you see? Hallowing his name, participating in the kingdom reality and the goodness of God. Not holding things against, and then seeing provision. Seeing provision. And without spending too much time on this, because I'll unpack this in Lord willing in coming weeks. says this he tells this crazy story and he goes about Jesus goes about teaching about the center of the prayer this is why Luke writes it differently do you see what we don't handle this he's not leaving things out because he's mistaken it's not contrary it's not opposed to what Matthew writes he's trying to center look what the center of what Jesus was doing is You want to participate in the kingdom of God and you want your needs met? Meet the God who will meet your needs. But there's a way how he does it. See, if some scholars would write this, that if if Jesus, if Jesus would have just started with, he's the God who loves you more than you could have ever imagined, they never would have entered into that prayer. Because it was scandalous already when Jesus told the parable of the father waiting for the prodigal son. That was a scandalous story of the father's extravagant love. And we, because we preach love for so long, we think we can enter into it. But it's at the expense of how Jesus brought his disciples into understanding it in the first place. And say that this is what it says here. Verse 5. He said to them, which of you has a friend? Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking, receives and keeps on receiving and the one who seeks and keeps on seeking will find and keep on finding and the one who knocks and keeps on knocking it will be opened and continue to be opened what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent and if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion If you then, who are evil in comparison to how good God is, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to 
those who ask him. Holy Spirit is his greatest gift. And without expanding on this too much, he says Jesus says he won't get up. The person, God is plunking himself in the story as the one who is being asked. The one that's in bed, if you will. And in the Middle Eastern culture, and even to this day, shame is the biggest thing. The Middle Eastern culture and Asian cultures, shame is a big deal. Shame, they will do anything to avoid shame. Still to this day. And so hear this. He says, he won't get up because this guy's his friend. God won't give you what you ask according to this story. Hear this. You have to hear it in the whole context of scripture. Because he's your friend. Because he loves you alone. Oh, he's going to give you what you ask. Because God will not be shamed. For his namesake, he will back you. For fear that word will get out. That God does not provide for his children. See, this person that's in the house, it's because of his impudence. He knows that the whole city will hear this friend that is knocking and keep on knocking and will know that this house is a house that will not provide, will not give what is being asked. And that would be a very shameful thing in that culture, especially in the Hebrew culture, because God tied it to their deliverance in Egypt. Why was Israel so hospitable? Why were they supposed to be so hospitable to travelers? Because they, at one time, were travelers, and so God forged it into their DNA that forever they are meant to be hospitable. And so God says something here that I I know you might feel resistance towards this. And I'm not saying that God operates in a spirit of fear. I'm saying the parable he shows is already scandalous enough. The story he shows. And he will back his name. He has given us his name. And we ask in Jesus' name. Therefore, we will receive what we ask. Instantly, there's tons of questions that pop up. Well, how come I didn't have this or how come it didn't go this way oh there's so many reasons there's so many reasons to that James says it James the brother Jesus says you ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly with wrong motives wrong desires to spend it on yourself might be one of them you know the famous psalm psalms 32 I believe says delight yourself in the Lord It will give you the desires of your heart. See, the key is delight yourself in the Lord. As you delight yourself in the Lord, you will start having Jesus' desires because you delight in him. Therefore, he will give you what you ask. And he will give you the desires that have been birthed in your heart by spending time with him. I'm not trying to lecture you. I'm trying to invite you. Get this and it will change how you pray embody what the Lord has invited us to do and understand that when you are asking you are not haphazardly asking and maybe God will give it to you like rubbing a genie in the lamp and go I hope this is one of the working lamps or pretending that prayer is a stick and God is a pinata and if you hit it enough 
It'll get you what you want. We miss the boat on prayer and we get confused why things don't work out the way we thought they would work out when God is working out something bigger, something more glorious for his namesake and he will not be put to shame. Therefore, when we ask, we need to ask with right motives. We need to ask by wanting his kingdom and his will in our lives. Do you see the connection? This should not bring condemnation. It should bring invitation beyond anything you can imagine. Because when you're asking, his name is on the line. And that's why the name of God has been despised across our land. Too many people asking things of God that bring shame because God was never behind what they were asking. He goes, I'm not putting my name to that. Do you see, that's even in the New Testament writings. If you remember, and I I know I jump all over the place at times, especially in this kind of a context. I'm not officially preaching. But, But God says through Paul, when they come to gather around the Lord's table, Paul says very strange words. He goes, that's not the Lord's table that you are eating at. At the beginning, in 1 Corinthians 11, he goes, that's not the Lord's table. He's not putting his name to that. You're going through the motions, but you're getting drunk and you're despising the poor? Uh Uh-uh. He goes, I won't put my name to that. That's why Paul says, because you didn't discern the body. Many of you are sick. Some of you have permanently fell asleep. Do you see his name? When we are in his will, we are longing for his kingdom. Why did everything Jesus pray come true? He only prayed what he saw his father praying, what he saw his father doing. Wow. Whole new confidence, isn't it? He will not be put to shame among the nations. That's why when we ask, we got to ask according to the largeness of who God is. For high school students and university students, not just asking, hey, God, can you help me do well on my test? But how about, hey, God, while I'm writing the test, can your glory come down and can everybody be saved? It's a little more large. What about your job? God, can you give me a raise? How about can you save my boss? And can together we go to Kenya and build 20 orphanages? Do you see like when his name, and I know I'm just saying details. But how about when you're praying for your sons and your daughters to come home or you're praying for family members? How about you pray beyond just them? Oh God, pray that you would save all those that they come in contact with. Arrest their hearts and arrest everybody else too. I feel like we're punching through a bit of a hole still. Do you see how differently we will pray? Do you see how unique this is? And remember this. God's not answering his prayers because he loves you alone. Yes, he loves you with an extravagant love. He will not be put to shame. From Genesis to Revelation... This book reveals he's the God that backs his name. 
with those that he has given his name to. And remember that crazy, random, weird story that happens in the book of Acts? When the seven sons of Sceva try to cast out a demon in the name of Jesus, and the demon goes, Paul, I know. Rather, first he starts, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? And then he beats them and sends them away naked. I love the Bible. That's funny details. Funny, funny details. Could have said he beat them down. Nope. Shame. Do you see? Shame. See how Jesus tied it to shame? That was actually an accident that that happened. Or through the spirit, I don't know. But I didn't know that, actually, right now. That was shame. So they were not in the name of Jesus. He didn't give them his name. And therefore, they tried to enact his name apart from the relationship of Christ. And he didn't back his name. And they walked away in shame. So we need to bring that shame to Jesus today and understand we're asking for things. We're not asking just because he's generous alone. And he is generous. We're not asking because he loves us alone. Because he loves us. We're asking and knowing that as we ask, he will not be shamed. Therefore, he will give you all that he is. He will back the prayers of his people. So let's get those desires stirring in our heart. Let's pray for his name to be hallowed. Because nobody that hallows his name will ask things that will shame him. And bring shame to us. So because... Why don't you stand with me today as we move into this this time of worship and praise. And what we're going to do this morning, I believe, is we're going to pray, Father, hallowed be your name. Father, hallowed be your name. And lead us not into temptation. And when we do that, let's look at what Jesus is reminding us that we need to give to him today. What ways can his name be hallowed? In our private times, in the things that we're watching, in the what we're looking at. How can his name be hallowed and how will he bring us through temptation? And then we will go into your kingdom come. Pray for his kingdom of wholeness, his goodness, his will, his delight to come. And forgive. Receive his forgiveness for things that we have not done. Forgive forgiveness for things that we have done that we weren't supposed to do. And we're just going to let it be spontaneous. You can whisper it right where you are. We're not going to direct our attention to the screen at this point. Keep your eyes closed if you're able. And let's do this together. And let's see what the Holy Spirit reminds us of this time spontaneously. Next week we'll probably go back into the regular written liturgy. Again, because it's training us. But forgive others this morning. And watch the kingdom of God punch through break into our very reality and then we will ask for provision and we're going to ask with a big ask of what he's brought us to 
And then we're going to enter into the celebration of his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we're going to open our mouths and we're going to sing and we're going to participate in the very joy of the Lord. So we'll start with this. Father, hallowed be your name. Let's say it together. Father, hallowed be your name. Oh, make yourself holy. And together we pray and lead us not into temptation. Now, Father, show us. Show us where we've been tempted. Show us where we have done things that we are not supposed to do or where we should have done something that we didn't do. Oh, stir our hearts this morning, Jesus. Let's confess it to him this morning. What is it? How have we not hallowed his name and how have we given in to temptation? Cleanse our hearts. Part your Holy Spirit. Give us the Holy Spirit today who convicts us of all unrighteousness leads us in paths of righteousness to begin to engage him oh we confess remind us Lord remind us remind us and we pray your kingdom come together your kingdom come if we can get it on the screen and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us it's good and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us come on oh Jesus we want to release forgiveness today we release it that offense we release it today We will not ask you for forgiveness today when we ourselves are withholding it from others. We will not enter into it without first releasing what's in our hands. We release it today. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come of salvation, wholeness, healing, deliverance. Your kingdom come. Let forgiveness explode in our hearts. forgiveness explode in our hearts oh God oh Jesus and now we pray verse 3 give us each day our daily bread or give us all that we need to be your people now we want to ask you God for the very things that our hearts are longing for that you have put on our hearts for the ministries that are represented in this place for the longing of the poor to be satisfied for the dead to be raised for the lost to come home for the lives to be changed transformed healed and delivered God we don't want to back down we want to see increased revelation increased hunger increased prayer back your name in this church for you have put your name on our church you have called us by your name we need provision financially we need a building that would do all that you have called us to do
Don't let the passion in this church ever die. Fan it into flame, Father. Fan it into flame. Unite husbands and wives today. Bring children home today. We pray for your name's sake and get us out of the way. We will we not put our names to it. For your name's sake, heal us. Our physical bodies, for your name's sake, rid us of fear, insecurity, and shame. For your name's sake, for your name's sake, breathe life into areas that are dead, into dreams that you birthed, that we have put aside because we got frustrated in delay. Awaken, awaken, awaken! Awaken! We pray! This day, your name be hallowed! Awaken! Awaken our hearts to desire you above all else! have been on wrong things we have longed for wrong things we've longed for right things in wrong ways for your name's sake be hallowed be holy oh this is not a game long for you we want you your name be hallowed your kingdom come oh Jesus oh engage him this morning for his pleasure his delight is here And he has set a table before us that is one of great and holy invitation. He has provided everything he needs. And it turns out the greatest need isn't a material thing. It's him himself who became material for us. This is a new day. And so we come with faith. We draw near with faith that we will not be denied. And that as we take your body of reconciliation into our hearts, may we exude reconciliation. May we exude forgiveness. May we let go of all that we would hold. As we take your forgiveness in our bodies today, the blood of the new covenant, may we act as covenant children. And may we ask largely that would bring your name much glory. Forgive us for looking too narrowly, too small. Unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor 
do it in vain. You have built this house and you have set your name in this house, in this city. May you be hallowed. make no mistake and don't don't let your feelings get in the way of what's going on here right now take it by faith with those that feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now celebrate and enjoy it those that don't feel it right now doesn't mean that it's not here for he is moving in this place as God is my witness, He is here. And He is here moving towards us in love. Let your feelings catch up to your faith this morning. Let your feelings catch up to your faith this morning. You are not unloved. You are not overlooked. You are chosen. You are loved. You are a son and a daughter. Stop rejecting the love of Christ disqualifying yourself run after him as accepted and loved ones and may the Lord's table today be a sacrament of his acceptance to you maybe it be a visible tangible sign that he has forgiven and he has chosen you and we ask father that you would take this bread and you would take this wine And you would remember your sacrifice. You would remember your goodness. And for everybody that touches it to their lips, everybody that tastes of your goodness, may a new assurance come in their hearts. May a renewed reality of your love overwhelm. And would you anoint us for your kingdom? your plan and your purpose and so we break this bread this morning to share in the body of Christ knowing that you will unify us by your grace and we will draw near in faith today